What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Brandon's Face. It's the podcast about a playlist. My name is Jonathan Beardsley. As always, I'm joined by the one and only Brandon May. Brandon, how you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I am doing well, man. We have a ton of fun music to break down this week. I'm very excited to get into that. But before we do, I have something stupid and fun I want to do with you. Okay. Uh, the When We Were Young set times came out. I want to go through <laughs> this with you. And I want you and I to pick what stages we would be going to. Okay? Yes. I actually had this conversation with my wife today, and it was a lot of fun. Love it. Okay. So first hour, let's say 1145 to about one. Main stage, we have Seosin. Pink stage, we got Linda Linda's followed by Wolf Alice. Checker stage, we have Hawthorne Heights and the Ready Set. Stripe stage, we have the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. Acceptance and Neon Tent, we have Prentice and Meet Me at the Altar. Where are you going to start your day? So if I get there at gates open and I'm there like to see the first artist, I mean, I'm going to go so see you, the, I'm going to go see the Linda Linda's man. Okay. So I like that. So Linda Linda's 1150, they have their set ends right when Seosin's begin. So I say we bail on Linda Linda's like five, 10 minutes early to make it to Seosin, right? Well, uh, so <laughs> this is where it gets fun because I've already seen Seosin. I haven't seen Seosin with Cove. Um, is that is that no? They're playing with Anthony, right? I don't I don't think so. I think they're playing with Cove. Oh, weird. Okay. Anyway, so where are you going? I don't know, man. It would be a toss up between. Well, hold on. Seosin starts at twelve twenty. Yeah. No, I think we would definitely. Yeah, we would end up at Seosin because Hawthorne Heights yeah. doesn't start until twelve forty five. If only briefly, yeah. I yeah. was going to say, then the move to Hawthorne Heights is inevitable. From there, we're going to move into the 1 o'clock range. So Mayday Parade, Boys Like Girls, Story So Far, Betray You, We the Kings, and Huddy. We the Kings on the neon stage seems like a kind of good one. Betray You, I've seen. They're okay. I probably wouldn't go see them again over what else is playing. I think it's a toss-up between... Mayday Parade and Story of the Year? What are you thinking? Yeah, I've seen Story of the Year and I've never seen Mayday Parade, but I would still go to Story of the Year. When I saw them at Taste of Chaos, they were very good. Yeah, we'll be covering their new song this week. Uh, that That's a lot of fun. Okay, so moving on from there, we got Jaden on the main stage. I'm guessing we're both skipping that, right? <laughs> yes. Okay, so I say we stay at Story of the Year. Are we sticking around for starting line after that? No, no, we're not. Go to, where are you going, Amberlin? I think I Dashboard? think I think I'm going to go get a good spot for Armor for Sleep. Is what I'm really going to do. Ah, uh, okay. Armor for Sleep, two fifty five. Definitely not staying for three hundred three at the checker. Okay, yeah, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to watch Armor for Sleep at two fifty five with you. But I'm probably going to try and have to make Pierce the Veil by three thirty. But do I bail and pierce the fail after like 10 minutes to go see census fail? Where, where do we go here? <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I think uh, I think so. Uh, with my festival experience, I would say don't split sets as often. Don't like if you can avoid it, don't split yeah. the set. You're right. right. You're right. And, sure. if, and is 10 minutes of pierce the veil going to be what you want? I don't think it is. No, uh, I'm going to go pierce the veil because I'd only seen them when they had one album out. I've seen Census Fail probably 10 times. I've seen them a lot. 
And I've never uh, seen Senses Fail, so we would be we would be splitting up, homie. All right, we're gonna split up for Pierce the Veil and Senses Fail, and we're gonna meet back up for the used, right? Actually, you're going correction. to see the Wonder Years. I have seen Senses Fail. I forgot about that. Of um, course you have. Everybody's seen Senses Fail. Everybody's seen Senses Fail. The Wonder Years put out such a good album this year, man, that I think I would have to. I would have to go check them out. It's been so long since I've seen the used. I'm gonna go used there, but I respect the Wonder Years move. And and I've seen the used so many times. Uh, and I've I mean the used is literally the best show I've ever seen in my entire life. So I, I and I've seen and that was in a small club. So I'd prefer I prefer that venue for the used, and especially for the forty minutes. Can I set. make a pitch to you as yes. a friend if we yes. if we were about to split up? Here would be my pitch. The used doing a career spanning set at a music festival like this is going to be a different vibe than you've ever seen them on at a small show. Even if the more intimate vibe is your thing. I did see, see them, them at, at a festival. I saw them oh, okay. at Taste of Chaos and it, it was good. But uh, I I mean, I'm, I'm not going to I'm not I wouldn't I wouldn't tell you this Fair. to you at the festival, but I don't think that they sounded that good at the, in the festival setting. I mean, most of these bands do not have that conversation. <laughs> and, 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 and also, let's be real. This is the first time this festival's ever happened. So there's going to be sound issues across the board. So Oh, yeah. There's going to be delays. <laughs> None of these times are going to stick at all. Like, if you try and follow this, it's not going to work at all. So good luck to you. Right, exactly. From there, we got AFI, Neck Deep, Silverstein, Paris. I don't think I've seen Silverstein enough times to miss them. Yeah, we'd be we'd be at Silverstein. I love AFI, don't get me wrong, but we'd be at Silverstein. Okay, here's where it's going to get interesting. They end at 5.15. We're going to say no, no set splitting. So I'm not going to the main at 5.15. I'm probably not going to go get a spot for Jimmy Eat World at 5.30. I like Knock Loose. We're going to Mom Jeans at 5.35, right? Oh, we're definitely going to Mom Jeans at 9.35, hopefully grabbing a beer on the way. Yes. So 535, we're heading to Mom Jeans with our beer. We're going to watch that until 605. After them, Four Years Strong. I don't like enough Four Years Strong songs to warrant that. Black Veil Brides. Uh, okay. Bayside. Interesting. Uh, what do we got? Jimmy World would still be on pink. I'm gonna go Taking Back Sunday after Ca- Mom Jeans. Catch the end of Catch the end of Jimmy on the way to Taking Back Sunday. I think. Yeah, so. I think that's yeah, the move. Yeah, I think those stages will be pretty close to each other, and then we're gonna be in nighttime or at least sunset. I don't give a shit about seeing Avril live. Data remembers really good. Story so far is really good. Motionless and White State Champs. I'm picking a day to remember. I have a feeling you're going to go state champs, though. What are you doing? I I think I think I would go state champs, man. I think I would go state champs. I, a day to remember is very you, good live. I would but, go with you. But I, I would go with you. I, I I don't think they're ever going to beat the time when they were playing at the same festival as Tool just, on the same day, and he starts the opening riff to schism, and then just goes. I'm just kidding. So. <laughs> I, I like A Day to Remember a lot. I think Homesick is a seminal album, but there's going to be a lot of jean shorts in that crowd. And I know it. Jean shorts. And I don't want to be in there, man. Big jorts uh, crowd for A Day to big Remember. Big jorts crowd. All right. So now we get to settle in. Um, after State Champs and A Day to Remember, there's Poppy, Ice Nine Kills, All American Rejects, followed by Manchester Orchestra, Sleeping with Sirens at 8.30 bright eyes and then after avril's bring me the horizon at 855 so we have some time to work with here i think after state champs at 725 
think I'm gonna go all American rejects. I would go with you. I've seen them twice, and it was a great show both times. They are surprisingly heavy live. Yeah, so, yeah, so really heavy. I, I, I would definitely go do that. Um, that the last festival I saw All American Rejects at, there was this kid that was walking around. Um, he had, you know, he had headphones on to block the block the loud noise and. Uh, he, he called out their parents. He was like, hey, this is really fucking cool, man. I'm so glad you brought your kid. Hey, kid, fuck you. And then just started ripping. And it was so great, yes. man. I love that. It was great. <laughs> I fucking love that. All right. So they end eight, eight o'clock. Uh, Sleeping with Sirens, 830. I don't know this Palais Royale. I don't think I'm a big enough Manchester Orchestra fan to go to that. You might be. Bright Eyes and then Still Bring Me the Horizon Looming. I'm going to go Sleeping with Sirens at 8.30 to 9. What about you? I would choose Manchester Orchestra, but that's not the venue I want to see them in. Yeah, would, it seems a little it would, oddly booked. It, they, they kind of need to be at a Palladium-style venue, if you ask me. So I think I would go with you to Sleeping with Sirens because I would need some heaviness after not choosing Ice Nine Kills. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I would need yeah. a little bit yeah. heavy. I agree. It, and I feel similar about Aqualine Trio. They're more of like a Palladium type of band than this type of band, even though they're very rooted in punk rock. Right. I feel like maybe just because they always played those types of venues when I saw them. They were never like a work tour band. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's say Sleeping with Sirens ends at nine. Bring Me the Horizons five minutes in. Alkaline Trio is just starting. Dance Gavin Dance in 10 minutes or either of the artists on the neon stage that I do not know. Where are you going? I saw Bring Me the Horizon in 2019 and I never want to see them ever again in my entire life. So I'm going to go get a beer and I'm going to go wait for I Prevail to start. I Prevail it. No, oh, you're going to miss Paramore? Nope, nope, no. you're right. I'd go get a Paramore. beer and wait for Paramore to start. I think we grab a beer if there's a beer garden by Dance Gavin Dance. We go to Paramore. We catch, I'll probably stick through Paramore. If you wanted to go to I Prevail, I would not, I would not hate on you for that. They're so good live, man. No, no. Yeah. Like I would do it, but I haven't seen Paramore since like album one or two. So I got to go to that. And then obviously I'm going to my chem to close the night. I think you have to. Yeah. Over I, horror uh, pops, yeah. Right? We, we would be meeting up at or, my chem. All right. Well, that is Brandon and I's schedule for a concert that we will not be going to. Um, if any of you guys go, let us know what bands you see. Do we have an email people can like message us at? Yes, we do. Info at brandonsface.com. And I'm going to see if I can't uh, submit this question to show up on our Spotify channel. Yeah, please do. Uh, send us messages, info at brandonsface.com, whatever you want to talk about. Comment we'll on get YouTube. Into tell us, tell us, uh, tell yeah, us on comment Instagram. on YouTube. All of that, all of that fun stuff. Speaking of that, please like, follow, subscribe if you have not. You can find us on all major podcasting platforms. Instagram, uh, our handle is Brandon's Face Pod. You can find us on Reddit where we like to say our opinion loudly to the internet a lot. Um, <laughs> it's mostly mine, everybody. <laughs> yes, mostly. Uh, so with that out of the way, let's talk about some fucking music, man. Let's do it. All right. First up, we got a new one from K5, a.k.a. Dead Mouse and Cascade, called Alive. I don't know how a.k.a. works. Is it Dead Mouse and Cascade, a.k.a. K5? Who cares? Um, <laughs> this yes, is a... Yes. Uh, this is, 
This is a trance house banger with a massive drop, and I love it, man. The only thing that can make this better is a Dash Berlin remix. <laughs> Don't throw him with a good one? time, man. I think he might just do it. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a great time. Yeah, man. This is uh, this track is fucking great, dude. The bass lines, the synths, the percussion. It's all great. It's all right where you want it to be. We're three songs in. Do you think we're going to get an official EP? at all this year anything what do you, I, I, I don't know how to read this project at all I, I i don't either um i think if they do an ep at this point after releasing three singles what is it going to be a five song ep with two unreleased tracks that to me doesn't seem yeah. right maybe maybe they pull a fred again and release a project that is outside of the singles you, you know or a, or a freddie gibbs even yeah possible <laughs> you know so we'll, may, maybe we'll see i don't know i'll look into it yeah we'll have to keep an eye on that next up we got a, a totally enormous extinct dinosaurs remix his name's a mouthful uh <laughs> remix of reviver by lane eight I was not expecting this to be as drum and bass heavy as it is considering the album of his we just covered. I don't I know, know how you feel. Uh, uh, look, man, it, regardless of whether or not I was expecting this sound, uh, this is a gorgeous remix. Uh, it is. It's, it's something it I didn't job. know I needed until I heard it. Uh, two fantastic artists. Both have put out great music this year. So I yeah. like it. And He's if you don't want to pronounce good. his name, you can just say Teed. Yes, I should just say Teed from now on, honestly, <laughs> with how much I stumble on this show. But honestly, dude, if you told me that this was a Chasing Status remix, I'd probably believe you. Right? Yeah, it's it's very good drum and bass. Good job, Teed. <laughs> uh, next up, we got a new one from Dylan Francis as DJ Hansel called Talkin'. This, this very stupid bit is starting to produce some great music. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Um, I don't know where it's going, but I, I like these singles and that you really can't tell the project is a joke from the singles. I'm about that. I don't even think it's a joke at this point, man. I think, I think Dylan Francis is DJ Hansel right now. And I think he's, I think he's going one deeper, man. He's on like a Sasha Baron Cohen thing. Just... <laughs> this is his Borat character. <laughs> I'm not mad at that even a little bit, John. So... <laughs> We can only hope. Apatow should get him and make a movie ASAP. <laughs> All right, man. Next up, we got a Disclosure remix of Unholy by Sam Smith and Kim Petras. Does anybody make Sam Smith sound better than Disclosure? No. Sam Smith doesn't no. even sound be <laughs> better as himself than when Disclosure <laughs> remixes the Sam Smith song. So I would have them like remix phone calls to my mom just so I would always sound <laughs> cool to everybody. Why doesn't he just have the boys from Disclosure just produce all do of his a music? full album? Like, I mean, I, just like, come on, man. This is so much better than the original. Yeah, I mean, he he experimenting in this club and dance music, but he's still very much like a grounded borderline gospel pop artist. Like his I like that his sound doesn't really have borders anymore and you can get a club banger like Unholy or you can get something more R&B based or emotional like his last album. But like, this is just, it's in such a different space and I feel like he needs to lock in with one producer for one album, but his sound lends itself so well to diversity, I guess. But I think for you and I, we want him to just do a collaborative album of disclosure ASAP. Yeah, I think I think it's due time at this point. 
Yeah, they're three for three. I, I can't remember <laughs> how many songs they've done, but all the ones I've heard are really good. Yes. All right, next up, we got a few singles I threw on from the Tove Lo album. The first one is called Call Me, and the second one is called Attention Whore. The third one's called Pineapple Slice. Call On Me and Pineapple Slice are both produced by S.G. Lewis, and Attention Whore features Channel Tress, so of course I had to throw that on. Both of the S.G. Lewis productions are awesome, in my opinion. Call On Me was also released as a single on his Spotify page, so I'm wondering if that track will be on his album coming out early next year as well. Hmm. Something to think about. Um, Pineapple Slice has a little more of an album cut feel to it, but that bass line on it's great. I thought it was Blue to Tiger at first. And I didn't know that there was going to be a Channel Trust collab on the album. <laughs> so I threw that on the second I noticed it because we're fans of all things Channel Trust on this podcast. And Correct. he delivers another fantastic verse on Attention Whore. What did you think of these three songs? All right. So before I clicked play on Call On Me, I was like, please don't be a remix. Please don't re- be a remix. Please don't be a remix. No. <laughs> Or like a rework of the stolen Eric, <laughs> Eric Prince track. Uh, I liked all three of these, man. Obviously, S.G. Lewis kills it. Call On Me is clearly a single. Like you said, Pineapple Slice feels more like an album cut. But um, S.G. Lewis just is, man, he's, he's got this he's got this special touch to, to the music that just makes it like, whoa, okay, this is, this is great. Um, and then Channel Trace is just... Uh, awesome musician man i'm just i'm so happy we live in the timeline that channel trace exists yes and tove sounds great on all of these songs i didn't mention her in any of this uh (laughs) they all have like a very modern madonna feel to them uh i'll have to check out the rest of the album on a slower week but i enjoyed all of these songs yeah i actually threw it on my listen to next um and it is uh it was it's it's one of those where it's like it's it's like yeah i'd love to hear your album but there's so much to (laughs) this week yeah especially this week but we'll get around to it yep oh man okay let's talk about it I threw this song on Carly Rae Jepsen and Rufus Wainwright, The Loneliest Time. This is the title track off of her upcoming album due out this week. And I mostly threw it on here because I really like Rufus Wainwright's voice. We have not covered any of the other singles from this album rollout. I'm not sure if you wanted to review that album or not. That comes out this week. How are you feeling about that? I say we review it. Um, you want it? Okay. Yeah. Throw it on the... Uh, so I've been hearing that Carly Rae Jepsen is one of the most underrated pop artists of our time, and I never really gave a whole lot of listens to her outside of Call Me Maybe. Um, this track Same. is great, and Rufus Rain- Wainwright's voice is fucking awesome, and those trade-offs are great, along with the harmonies at the end. It's really a beautiful track. Um, I, have, I actually have a funny story about the first time I heard Call on Me or Call Me Maybe. Um, I was driving from Arizona back home, and it was like, God, it must have been close to midnight. And I was listening to the Sirius XM channel BPM um, with my buddy. And uh, BPM, if you don't know, is this is an EDM heavy, uh, heavy radio station, which is like it only plays electronic music. And so I heard mm-hmm. Call Me Maybe for the first time on BPM thinking, oh, is this like a new <laughs> like dance artist this is great and i like fell in love with the song before it became this hit single that i think it must have been like the week it released or something like that and 
And then I started hearing it everywhere, and I was like, "Wow, EDM is really taking over." But <laughs> <laughs> it it was Carly Rae Jepsen's "Call Me Baby." So, That's fantastic! Oh uh, man, I I I, lo- I loved her voice on this. I say we review the record. I think it's probably going to be good, and I've been hearing a lot of hype on the internet around it, and I am uh, immune to hype to a to a certain degree. So. We will uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm I'm excited to kind of dig into it. I haven't dig into any of her, dug into any of her albums, so this being a first exposure for me, I think is going to be mm-hmm. a fun little experiment. Uh, I think it will be too. I it's so funny, man. I went through a, a real roller coaster on this one. Like I said, I mostly threw it on because of Rufus. My wife is a big fan of his. For our listeners that might not know, he is probably the most famous singer of the song Hallelujah. And there's a version of it that he did with like a 1500 person choir in like an abandoned warehouse type thing. I sent you that, Brandon. We yeah, should throw that in the awesome. show notes. Yeah, that's like instant chills. But I've never really heard him in a pop duet like this. And and I like it. Uh, I feel like her voice is good. It's a very well-written, incredibly well-produced song. I feel like next to him, she's a little like flat and auto-tuned, but that's like you're going against one of like the best vocalists in the world right, right. now. So that's like a world-class difference thing, but she, she sounds way better than I was anticipating. And I've listened to the song way more than I was expecting, but it's so funny. Cause the first time I played it right after it finished, my wife was like, ah, I hate it. And then like a day later, she was like, play that song again. <laughs> and then like, now it's like a once a day type of thing. It's, it's hilarious. It's definitely a grower. I am down to review the album with you. This this collaboration's interesting though. I feel like these like pop star world class singer collaborations. There was one with Mika and Ariana Grande like ten years ago. You could picture this same song twenty years ago with like Kylie Minogue and Michael Bublé. There's a real like timeless feeling to it. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Well, I I thought that video was dope, man. And yeah. Uh, yeah. This was very this fun was video. Cool. This was very Boz Lurman aesthetic. Um, okay, <laughs> that's a sick reference, bro. Yeah. Every, speaking every, of time, everybody knows your references are out of control. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Jonah. Um, speaking <laughs> of timeless music, our next one is Little Yachty's track Poland. Have you heard anything about this online yet? <laughs> you know, I'm not on the TikTok, man. No, but... <laughs> you, there might have been Reddit threads that got across your face on this one, though. No, no, actually, it did not. But uh, I'll tell you what my notes say really quickly. Why? That's it. Uh, because it's <laughs> so this this was a mistake gone viral, man. So this is, this is one of the weirder viral hits of the past few years. This is a hit, Brandon. Did you know that? I did not know that. This no, is, this is maybe his biggest hit. This is going insane right now. Uh, the story behind this one goes he was in the studio working on his new album Jesus, and he had some walks. Which, for those who don't know, is a brand of cough syrup that has promethazine and codeine in it. And he was drinking out of a Poland Springs water bottle. And he's fucking around on his laptop. And he's trolling around and makes this weird vocal to think of him singing. I got the walk. I'm taking. I took the walk to Poland. And then there's what? A, a small, small verse in there. And I think it was either leaked or uploaded and kind of just whatever but then like within a day or two there were so many fucking tweets from other rappers that said 
I took the walk with the O's all like different capitals oh, and God. shit. And like, oh. it, like I was like, okay, so this clearly is like a thing within, you know, his peers are digging it. It's something stupid that's fun. Within like a week, Poland was inviting him to come no. to the country. Um, yes. <laughs> Which, dude, do not go. Little Yachty, yeah, you yeah. listening to this? <laughs> like, that is a fucking trap. Do not go. <laughs> right now, my boy, please don't think about doing that. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm uh, sure, I'm sure the polls are very friendly. But so he the had state uh, of the geopolitical arena isn't awesome right there. Yeah, he had uh, he had no intention of releasing this song, but he said he kind of had to to capitalize on it. But yeah, that's the story of Poland as of now. Oh, my goodness. As told well, poorly by me. But yes, it's 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 a doozy. I'm sure you told it very well. You're a very articulate person. Uh, I didn't. Yeah, I you know I didn't dig this song. So I don't <laughs> I mean, I get that it's kind of silly. I knew that Wap oh, was a stupid. brand of promethazine with codeine but it's like (sighs) (sighs) you know i used to be with it and then they changed what it was you know it'll happen (laughs) to you too everybody that's listening all right man let's move on we got a new one from stormzy called hide and seek down tempo stormzy isn't my favorite but he just dropped a seven minute flex to come back with so i'm not mad at him for going a little more pop and a little a little more commercial for his first official album single and his new album this is what i mean comes out november 25th how are you feeling about this song are you excited for the album this song doesn't shouldn't get anybody excited and i think that's kind of the point um clearly this isn't just stormzy singing clearly there's like a female vocalist on here the song credits don't have anybody else um the song is very well put together it has some really chill vibes to it and i think he did a great job on this one and i uh i i do want to hear the album so could you imagine being like getting ready to go out for a night at the club and you're like throw that new stormzy hide and seek (laughs) (laughs) yeah no this isn't a a get you excited song the seven minute flex was definitely that which i noticed is not on the track list so it's gonna be an interesting album if anybody threw this on during a pregame i think the conversation would go do you guys just want to smoke a bowl and stay in Never give this guy the ox cord again. Yeah, right. <laughs> or always give it to him. I like staying in. That's fun. Yeah, one, um, one of those. <laughs> all right. Next up, we got a new one from Emotional Oranges called Petty. I don't love this song, but I love the Goodfellas reference in it. So I'm going to give it a thumbs up. How are you feeling? Eh. Okay. The, song, the thumb's not all the way up, but it's not down. <laughs> it needs a Viagra. <laughs> <laughs> Good R&B should not need a Viagra. I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right. Next up, we got a new one from Amaria and Destin Conrad called All For You. This is just a beautiful collab between two promising up-and-comers in R&B that I really enjoyed. I threw it on here because I figured you might actually enjoy this one, too. What would you think? I liked this one. Yeah, it's really smooth, really, I don't want to say jazzy, but it's got a little of that, like, Ari Lennox, Kali Uchis kind of vibiness to it's it it's not jazzy but it's got a jazz vibe to it i know what you're saying yeah exactly it's like what the supreme court says about jazz you know? <laughs> 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 no when i hear it. Um, <laughs> oh man sorry i'm on beer number three no let's <laughs> um, go let's do it all right next up we got local natives just before the morning uh talk to me about this one have we talked about local natives before 
Uh, I don't know about it on the podcast, but I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Um, okay. I uh, I love this band, and I think this track is great. I really hope that there's a new album or something behind this. Um, have what are your thoughts on local natives? I'm just now realizing that we've never talked about the band. I um I might have brought them up once in one of our very first uh, conversations, one of the YouTube only episodes, because I think I've always considered them one of the uh, oh this isn't Tame Impala. <laughs> <laughs> But they're they're very good at the like psychedelic indie rock. I, I dig it. I implore you, sir, to go uh, and listen to Sunlit Youth. It is a beautiful album. Sunlit Youth. Oh, Sunlit Youth. I see. Well, that's a cool yes. cover for sure. I'll throw that one on my listen to next. Do it. Next up, we got a new one from Andrew McMahon called Skywriting. It's Andrew McMahon. It's a of course it's a good song. We don't even need to bother with that. Is it weird that I want to hear a version of this with Khalid on it? Oh, wow. I didn't think about anything like that, but that actually would work. Yeah, something that about the songwriting in this one is just like, Jesus Christ, Khalid would do very well, not just over this track, but incorporated into it with Andrew McMahon, I think. Yeah, everything Andrew McMahon has done. I don't think I dislike anything Andrew McMahon has ever done. He so. is. <laughs> he's a wonderkin. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Well, I do, but all right. (laughs) Yeah. Plays piano with his feet. He's cool in my book. (laughs) Uh, All right. Next up, we got one you threw on here from Goth Babe called Surfing in Iceland. Super vibey track. Is that a xylophone that I'm hearing on this? Fucking sure, man. <laughs> like I dig it, man. I'm sure you're digging this one. Oh, this think? is great, man. This track is awesome. I, I, it's, man, the pop rock this week was just right on the money. Yeah, all of the rock this week has been exquisite. I'm excited to get it into the albums, but we still have a bunch of singles. First, or next up, I should say, Girl in Red, October Passed Me By. I'm not into this type of indie very much, but this is a good song, and I caught her Coachella performance, and I was very impressed by that. What did you think of this new one from her? That's how my wife and I discovered her, because we were just kind of browsing the Coachella streams, and Girl in Red popped up, and we were like, this sounds interesting. Nobody else is on it, and she, like, killed it, bro. She and she really was like, good. she was like so appreciative to be there. I thought that that was awesome. This song isn't very reminiscent of any of her other music, but the album cover is fall, you know, like fallen oak leaves. So I'm assuming this is just her fall vibes sort of playlist here. So we'll see. Have you had a pumpkin spice latte yet? I don't do the pumpkin spice lattes, bro. I'm not a. What big do you fan do for that. fall? Are you like an? Are you like apple cider? I decorate my house for Halloween. Hot chocolate? Nothing. <laughs> I don't... do. I do. I do like hot chocolate. I do like hot chocolate. You don't like drinkable desserts, Brandon? What is wrong with you? You know, man, it's just, especially, I, well, here, let me put it to you like this. I've never had a pop, pumpkin spice, spice latte from anywhere except Starbucks, and maybe that's my problem. Oh, man. Come to the Pacific Northwest. We will show you the coffee world, my friend. Okay. <laughs> All right, man. Next up, we got a new one from Soen called Snuff. I like these slow burn rock ballads with the fucking sweeping orchestral sections. We covered the last song of his, and I think I said something very similar. His music's very dramatic, but it's also very effective. How are you feeling about these new tracks from him? This is, I forgot to tell you, I'm sorry. This is actually a Slipknot cover. Oh shit. I didn't, I, I saw the song name and I was like, that seems like a weird (laughs) song name for him. I should have assumed that, but I honestly, it's a, it's kind of crazy that I didn't even realize that this was a cover 
considering right. like the lyrics and shit. Uh, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm glad I almost, I'm almost glad I didn't tell you because I made you like another cover. Um, so I figured out why these don't kind of yes. quite sound like their other music. Uh, the tracks that will be released on their new album Atlantis were recorded at Atlantis Gramophone Studio in Stockholm, Sweden, and they recorded it all with an eight-piece orchestra. So they're all orchestral interpretations of their music, and this one happens to be a cover, and I think it might be the only one. There might be another one. Um, but I'm actually really excited to hear this, um, and I do recommend before Atlantis comes out that you listen to their last record that they put out just to kind of get a feel of what the songs normally sound like and an orchestral rendition of them is going to be really fucking cool. If you ask me, I think their last one is Imperial. That's the one. All right. Okay. Next up, we got kind of a new one from queen. This one's called face it alone. (laughs) Uh, This was a song that they recorded a demo version of in 89 and was never released. It was never finished. And the band thought that it couldn't be saved in the state that it was in. But after their engineers heard it and showed them what they could do with it, they ended up finishing it for a deluxe edition of, um, I forget what album this, yeah. Face it alone. Uh, no, 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 the album that it would have been on in 89, but, uh, yeah, so they're they're releasing a deluxe edition of that vinyl that came out around this time, and this is going to be one of the unreleased songs included on it. It's weird hearing new Freddie Mercury vocals. Yeah, like, yeah, very man. weird. Like the song is the song is the song. It's fine. It's a it's a generic triumphant Queen song, but man, his voice was one of one. <laughs> That is very true. I will agree with you there. You know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hot take it here for a second. I'm not Please. I'm not as big of a Queen fan as everybody else pretends they are. I like I like their music. I'm just not so impressed that they're like this crazy one of a kind musicians. I I I liked this song and I like all of their music, but Freddie Mercury was the the piece to that puzzle that really did it. And I uh, I. I, I think that uh, I think it's neat to hear his voice again, but it is also a little eerie. I agree. I'm going to say that that is a it's not a boiling hot take. You're like you're like microwaved after a minute and a half water. Like because <laughs> I, I semi agree with you. <laughs> not not hot enough for me, Brandon. You got to you got to really burn some shit. here. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie Mercury sucks. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, that no, no, you're right. That, that's the hot take. No, the movie did. I don't know if that's a hot take. All right, man. You ready to talk about Blink-182? Uh, is anybody? Uh, this has been a divisive one online, man. Uh, so this is their new single, Edging. And it sounds pretty much how I expected it to, which is to Thank say you. a lot like Neighborhoods. Thank Obviously, you. it's nice to see and hear them all together again. But this isn't probably a track I'm going to be revisiting very often. This is feels very similar to what happened last time. Like one of them faced a very traumatic event that could have killed them, which makes them all realize whatever differences they have are pretty small in the grand scheme of things. And they get back together. Hopefully this doesn't end the same way that it has before. 
my expectations aren't very high. I'm I'm excited to hear the album, but in terms of this song, I think I can sum it up with like a thanks but no thanks in terms of my taste. <laughs> How are you feeling about this one? Look, man, as good as it is to hear Tom's voice and see his squinty face on this single cover, uh, this is obviously not their best song. I wasn't expecting their best song, and I assume that they'll have to get back into the groove of writing together. Um, here's what really bothers me about this. We don't really get to see anyone shine here. There's generic drum fills for Travis. Uh, the vocal filters on Tom's voice aren't my favorite. And there's nothing special out of Mark, although we don't really ever get anything incredible out of Mark besides, you know, bass. Uh, it's an interesting lead single for sure. I'll wait for the album. I remember um, I remember going and buying Neighborhoods on the day it came out um, so I could give it to my now wife when she was in college. And... Um, we both listened to it a couple of times, and I mean, they're, 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 "Wishing Well" is a great song, you know. Like, like there's a couple of good songs on there, but it was underwhelming at best. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm not expecting their best music in the world, but I am expecting Tom to launch, which is kind of what we got here. So, I, yeah. I think I think people were expecting this this glorious moment, like back when they first heard "Damn It" for the first time, and it's like, relax, bro. Like these people <laughs> are 50 years old, like. Let the song grow on you a little bit. I'm sure this one will grow on me a little bit as as uh, as it as it goes on, and we'll see what sure. happens. Yeah, yeah. I think managing expectations is key with an old guy reunion like this. You got to take it for what it is. Um, I don't know, man. I'm seeing it get a lot of hate online <laughs> in terms of the reaction to it. I feel like it's been pretty visceral, but you're not going to please everybody. You know, no. And I think that the haters are always going to shine through. This isn't a bad song. It, it just isn't. Again, the only thing that really bothered me was that we didn't really get to hear Travis drum, even though we have gotten to heard Travis drum on every other project he's done over the past couple of years, like on that Kenny who play uh, mixtape that he put out. Yeah. Like you can hear like some banging drum fills yeah, and like, the, some really the, intricate the patterns. The, it, it, it's not there on this song. And that's kind of what, I mean, let's be honest, Travis is really what made Blink-182 stand out to from the crowd. And we didn't really get a whole lot of that on this on this song. But I have I have no doubt that he's going to deliver on a lot of this music, man. Like, yeah, I think there's going to be great drumming on the album. But I think to what you're saying, honestly, a lot of the post self-titled good Blink songs are the Mark heavy ones even when Tom has been a part of it since then. So it, it's going to live and die by just how well they're all getting along together and writing together. But I, like you said, like if you're expecting Tom to come through and this be damn it all over again, you're sorely misled. Yeah. I mean, you have to think about back when they released their untitled album, which is really just their self-titled um, that it was coming off the heels of enema of the state, which is a no, uh, take off your pants. Take, take off, I'm sorry. Take off your pants and jacket. And uh, I mean, that album was fucking great, right? You heard a little bit of maturity coming from them. And the 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 famous story about the opening track feeling this is that uh, is that Mark and Tom both went into separate rooms to go write something. And regardless of what they wrote about, they were going to put it into a song together. And it turns out they both decided to write about sex at the same time. And it just kind of made like the perfect opener for an album. That comes from like a almost a decade of like camaraderie and yes. they haven't had that. Yep. So like 
relax. They haven't written the whole album yet. I'd be very surprised if they did. And if they have, then, you know, we're, we're, we're going to have to meter our expectations a little bit, you know? Couldn't agree with you more. All right, man. Let's move on to some more old dudes rocking out. Huh? <laughs> yes. Well, this is when they were young. But uh, we got a demo from Green Day. This is You Irritate Me. They are releasing an anniversary edition of Nimrod, I believe. And Nimrod was one of the CDs in my dad's car case. So I used to listen to that yeah. album a lot. My dad has great taste in music. Um, but that made hearing this demo a little more special for me. I love the imperfections in this demo, too. I'm glad they released it. I love to hear demos of bands that I love, man. This is great. Uh, unlike their last album. Yeah, I completely <laughs> agree. I only want to hear old Green Day at this point. <laughs> is it a hot take to think American Idiot's a good album? I fucking love that album. And it apparently is. It's funny. It's not a hot take in the world of music as a whole, but in the in like the Green Day or the like the like the pop like the pop punk world, American Idiot yeah. was the start of their downfall because it wasn't pop punk enough. And I think I mean, if you don't like Jesus of Suburbia, do you even really like music? That's very true. It's yeah, a no, nine they got an epic, bro. Like, they got a commercial hit, but it's very, which is impressive that it got to the heights that it did. But once you get to those heights, you move into a different area. And I feel like it's much harder to get two commercial hits than two punk rock hits, you know? Right. Um, but they're still a massive band. <laughs> De no, most definitely. Uh, all right, more old dudes rocking out. We got a new one from Zebrahead <laughs> called No Tomorrow. Dude, so many old dudes rocking out this week. I love it, Big man. Fan. This gives you an I hope, huh? Right? <laughs> this is a good one. What do you think of it? Ah, uh, fantastic track, man. They almost never disappoint, and they always kind of make me want to skateboard, even though I'm very bad at that. So, Yes, we should definitely not be skateboarding, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, we got a new one from Youth Fountain called Birthright. I, I like this, dude. It's it's catchy and aggressive. It's exactly what it should be. What are your thoughts on it? This is the fourth out of five pop punk songs that we have on the playlist this week. And I just got to say that we've got, you know, what is this? Two, uh, one, two. Yeah, this is this is the first out of five that is not just old dudes rocking out. And uh, yeah, man, this is great. I yeah, just really I, I, I love I love seeing the dichotomy here. This is this is kind of a perfect duality of old dude, new dude, and they kinda they they're kind they're both great. So Yeah, I agree, man. I couldn't agree more. Um more young dudes next. We got Fiddler's new one, Sand on the Beach. Talk to me about this. This is the second single of theirs we've reviewed this year. This one's probably more your speed than the last one, huh? Way more my speed, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really like this one, dude. Yeah, uh, this one's still a little like party heavy thematically, but I I liked it. Uh, I I I think I think they party. So I think, I think, that, they I think definitely that might be a party. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I think that they do. Um, I haven't looked in to see if there's an album release date for that, but it feels like we're going that direction. We'll see. Next up, moving back to the old dudes, we got Story of the Year <laughs> with Tear Me to Pieces. Uh, like I said, man, just. So many of these guys still making quality music. I said with their last single came out, like I was of all the ones we'd heard, I think that that was one of the better ones of like the comebacks of Cartel and all, all these bands that we've been covering. And I, I think they stuck it again with this one, man. I really liked this. What did you think? 
Uh, I really like this single. Uh, they have officially announced an album, but we'll have to wait for it until March 10th, 2023 to hear it in full. Uh, with this being the title track and the lead single, I think we're in for a long rollout. Um, but I am stoked for it, and I think they very rarely miss the mark. They're one of the most consistent post-hardcore bands. I think, I think we're just good. I think we're gonna get some good music out of this, and this album artwork is dope. Yeah, it's really fucking cool. I enjoy it. Yeah, man. Uh, Great. Isn't that the same silhouette from the first album? I think it or might be all inverted. Their album. Yeah. No, it's the same. It's the same? same? Oh, okay. yeah. They, nice. they, it was down on Page Avenue as well. Yeah, great. Uh, next up, we got a new one from Infected God that you threw on here called GVS. Talk to me about this one. <laughs> Small band, huge sound. I really liked it. Uh, the snare tuning kind of reminds me of Suicide Silence's first record. Uh, great grooves on this one. And I was really just kind of curious what you thought about it. Uh, a little too sludgy for me. A little too sludgy. All right. I didn't enjoy this one as much as I thought I would. I uh, interesting. Well, I'm 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 glad I got your take. Yeah, no, don't feel, don't hesitate to throw more on by then. This oh, song just oh, didn't do it for oh, me. Oh, oh, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we got a new one from Exhumed called "Disgusted." I I liked some of the guitars on this one, but this was another song that I had trouble connecting with. I know they have a new album coming out soon, though, that I assume we're covering. Yeah. Yeah, if, if, we, if we can if we can get to all of the metal that's been released this year, I I, I think uh, I I don't think we have the time to listen to it all. But um, this is probably one of the I'll, I'll determine once it comes out whether or not I like some of the other records that have been released. That maybe I'll throw an older one on. But I wanted to throw this on here. I like death metal. I don't think they get the credit they deserved with it. Uh, Exhumed does. Uh, there's six sick guitar solo on this one. Um, they've just gone through, they're one of those bands that have just gone through so many lineup changes that it's basically not really the same band as they were in the nineties. So interesting. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm excited to get a little more into it. I feel like in like five years, you and I are going to be at a place of covering so many albums that we're going to have just one album in each year playing two different things. (laughs) I'm going to be listening to like exhumed and Brian Eno at the same time. Oh, no. See, that's an idea. That's an idea. <laughs> All right, man. Next up, we got a new one from Siegel Intervention called Kingdom Made of Dust. The last time we talked about they, you asked me what it is you liked about them so much since you don't typically like R&B like that. I feel that way about Siegel Intervention and metal. I don't typically like this type of metal, but I love the way they do it. There we go. I like that. I really like that. This one is fucking great, man. I'm super stoked for whatever projects they're going to be putting out. They're, they're, they're a, a criminally small band at 170 Spotify monthly listeners. So it's the, thanks for making this music, boys. You guys are doing really good. Yeah, fucking awesome, man. Good shit. All right, last single of the week. We got a new one from Gojira called Our Time Is Now. As always, good shit from Gojira. They they truly never miss. I wasn't expecting new music so soon, but I'll happily take it. What are your thoughts on this one? <laughs> my, my notes start out with new Gojira. Fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> this unfortunately is not for a new album, but rather it's a track they wrote for 
the NHL 23 soundtrack. I think it might be a video game. It might be like the actual NHL. Either way, the track is actually dedicated to the victims of oppression and as an anthem for people standing up for what they believe in. Unsurprisingly, this song fucking rips and that guitar solo is incredible. Uh, like you said, they don't they don't miss, man. Like they're so good. They really don't, man. They're they are truly one of the best metal bands in the world, in my opinion. Just phenomenal. Just insane grooves, dude. They just they 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 clearly have some some chemistry with the band members because they they write some absolutely insane music. I agree. I agree. So before we technically move on to the albums, let's talk <laughs> about this King Gizzard one. Uh, it's it's called Laminated Dream. Tell me the story of this one again. This one came out as a vinyl months ago, correct? I, I actually think it's called Laminated Denim. Laminated um, <laughs> Denim, I'm sorry. My, uh, my autocorrect made it dream in my notes. So I no. just said dream. So I was wrong last week. Um, they put out an album earlier in the year called Timeland. And I think I read The Land Before Timeland, which is, I think, a play on words for The Land Before Time. But they added land to it. Um uh, and so I, I thought I saw that and I was like, well, this has to be that one. But this is the this is the second of the three that they're releasing in October. So I was oh wrong God. last week. Um, yeah, this is I, I mean, technically it's an EP, although we've covered entire albums. Like I think Joyce Manor's album was like 26 minutes that and this is longer than that. The, two uh, songs. So. The Boston Manor album we're going to be covering is shorter than these two songs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever, man. I can't I can't. <laughs> You know what I can't do? I can't get the image of laminated denim out of my head. It's such a ridiculous thought. Like, how, like, how you, would you even do that? Have you seen the denim cover to this final? Yeah, is it actually denim? Yeah, yeah. Google it right now. Google oh, it right now. my God. It's fucking hilarious, dude. Uh, <laughs> I, I've, I've given up on buying King Gizzard albums uh, only because they are uh, either A, impossible to get, or sometimes they're a little yeah, expensive they're, they're and, the grateful dead and, of our time man. and and they're gonna release something else so you know yeah they're the grateful dead of our time they're going to be doing this forever and making a ton of money off physical releases i imagine since they weren't buying things you know they're that talented oh my god it's real denim yeah yeah it's really <laughs> fucking denim dude it's an incredible thing um yeah this isn't structured like a like an album we could do with our typical review format and it's better <laughs> experience than talked about so i just recommend people check this out if you like music you will probably like this yeah you know i i did break a little bit down so i, I will say that the land before time land is a song uh named with wit but it's actually pretty bland for the first uh, what, what would you say 12 minutes the last yeah. three minutes are fucking great um but they do some pretty interesting stuff hypertension is a little bit more of what i like and expect from them but overall i did like both of the tracks but it's easy to be underwhelmed by the land before timeland when hypertension is right after it and they do get so weird in the last three minutes of the land before timeland so I agree. Well, I'm glad you went into it a little more than I do, but both of these are good. I enjoyed them. I will never own that denim vinyl. I don't know <laughs> how much that's going for, but it's phenomenal. I love that type of ingenuity with a physical release. <laughs> you gotta love it, man. You got I just imagine somebody in the band just like laminating their jeans as a joke and being like, Hey guys, we should name the album Laminated <laughs> Denim, man. <laughs> They're, I love how that's their approach to everything, really. <laughs> Props to King Gizzard. Yes. Um, 
All right, we're going to do the albums after a quick break. All right. And we're back. All right, first up in the albums, we got the Red Hot Chili Peppers' new one, Return of the Dream Canteen. My guy, this is their new one. Surprise released? is like I, I went through their Instagram, and I noticed this has been promoted for a while, but we just covered an album of theirs, correct? <laughs> yeah, earlier in the year, man. I think a couple so, months ago. So were these like recorded together? What's the deal? Do you know anything about this? They probably were. I actually, uh, like I said, I listened to Rick Rubin uh, when he was talking on Joe Rogan's podcast, and he mentioned yeah, I remember the strokes. a couple of them. Gotcha. A couple, okay. couple of Red Hot Chili Peppers albums this year, and uh, yeah, we have we 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 have another one. Well, I want to know your thoughts on it because we we were both kind of on the same page on the last one, and I'm curious to know if we are on this one. Well, so I like this one kind kind of like I like all of the Red Hot Chili Peppers albums. Uh, as is tradition with these guys, they've got they're good, but forty years into their career, they're not really rewriting any rules or really doing anything outside of the formulaic comfort zone that I think that they're used to. And I think that that's good. I think they do do a little bit outside of what they're used to. I think we've got some psychedelia. I think we've got a little bit of garage, like there's some garage riffs. Uh, Tip of my tongue has a sick bass solo courtesy of flea and there's some word salad lyrics that we're so used to with them there's some great riffs on reach out uh there's a neat drum solo at the end of eddie and you know fake as fuck has this has a great dichotomy between like chorus and verse and you know Mm -hmm. i loved that saxophone at the end of my cigarette um it's a long (laughs) album at an hour and 15 minutes and for some reason i didn't really get bored while listening to it and it kind of kept me engaged the whole time i i liked it i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a six my standout is my cigarette interesting man so i also gave it a six hey we're on the same page once again um most of this album, I don't think is for me, like in terms of the grand scheme of things, but the production is fucking fantastic. And you undersold that drum solo at the end of Eddie, dude. It's Eddie pretty, fucking it's pretty cool. Shreds. Eddie is the pinnacle of this album, in my opinion. I'm not a Chili Peppers fan, and this didn't really change that. But there were some moments on this album that I really enjoyed. It's still a lot of songs about life in Southern California and drug use in Southern (laughs) California. But this is the best they've sounded, I think, in a while. They didn't really take any chances as much as just push themselves to their creative limits, I feel like, for the first time in a while. Yeah, there's no risks. No, no, not really. But there are some new new wrinkles worked in. Um, I would say that it's too long but like you i feel like the songwriting on this album kind of justifies the length uh i i won't be returning to this one very very often but i will return to it eventually i give this one a six out of ten eddie's my standout but i really enjoyed peace and love and in the snow as well in the snow is a great closer for this one yeah that one took me the production on that one was a little different for them as well yeah again they kind of changed it up a little but they didn't take any risks and honestly you can't you you, i'm not gonna blame them for that they're 40 years into their career yeah do what you want right wear a sock on your dick and play the bass i don't care (laughs) (laughs) all right man next up we got a new one from sleeping with sirens called complete collapse this is everything i was expecting slash hoping it would be We got a lot of singles, so we had a pretty good indication of what the album would sound like, and we both knew it would be up our alley. 
The non-singles are more of the same, but it's all done really well. This is my favorite album of theirs since Let's Cheers to This, and should put them back in that upper echelon of bands in the scene right now. I'm a big fan of what they're doing on this album, but the best moments on it belong the best moment on it belongs to Spencer Chamberlain from Under Oath, man. <laughs> Crosses is my standout, but specifically that part where him and Kellen are just trading off. That's just fucking incredible, <laughs> man. Uh, I give this one, I don't know, high seven, low eight. Crosses is my easy standout, but there's some gems on here. Bloody Knuckles is good. There's a lot of good ones. What did you think of this? All right. Uh, this record actually really surprised me, man. As we talked about when we first started covering this album rollout, I was always aware of this band, but never really like got into them. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that, I'm sorry, because this record is fucking great. It's heavy where it needs to be. It's soft where it needs to be. It's well produced throughout. There are some wild, there's like some wild energy in some of these tracks, like Crosses and Control, Alt, Delete. And speaking of Crosses, those trade-offs and harmonies with Spencer are absolutely incredible. Um, I'm sure I said that in our initial review of the track when it dropped as a single, but holy shit, is that really good stuff. Um, I had a ton of fun with this release, and very clearly we have a fun, poppy, energetic, heavy, and catchy album here. I really liked it. I also gave it, I couldn't really, I didn't want to give it a seven, but I also didn't want to give it an eight. So I'm going to give it a 7.8. I know we don't don't do a lot of decibels here, but that's, that's, that's where I'm at. That's pretty much what I was saying too. Like high seven, but not quite eight. So I'm there with you, man. Right. I think my standouts also crosses because God, those trade-offs are just more, a more post-hardcore bands need to do trade-offs with, with female male vocalists. Cause that was really fucking neat. Yes, that was fucking awesome, man. Great shit. Yes, sir. Uh, Next up, we got a new one from Boston Manor called Detura. I wasn't sure if this was an album or an EP, but I went to their Wikipedia and it's listed under albums. So I sorted it with the albums. Um, Great. This is a it's a solid album that's less scene adjacent and more Chevelle breaking Benjamin adjacent <laughs> than I was expecting. Yeah, but I, I enjoyed it, man. I think it flows together well. It doesn't run too long and it's full of some really good songs. But the obvious standout is Foxglove. Like, <laughs> <laughs> come on, man, that get that shit on the radio right now. I listened right. to that probably five times today on the right. Radio. Excellent song. <laughs> I give this album a seven out of 10. It's good shit. What'd you think of it? Wow. We are right on the money this week. I have a feeling it's about to change, Um, but this is (laughs) apparently part one of two for this album. I think we're going to get a Datura two, which is neat. And also why it's so short. Um, This is really great rock music man i i don't want to put this in a box because it's just adjacent to a ton of different genres we've got Mm -hmm. a little bit of post-hardcore a little bit of pop punk a little bit of garage you know what i'm saying so i'm not going to put this one in a box i love that's fair uh the kind of prog opening with datura is just awesome Mm -hmm. and like the perfect amount of build for the start to this album especially with those retorted uh distorted riffs as the two and a half minute track kind of bleeds into like the cool synths on floodlights uh on the square i think foxglove is obviously the best track on this album it's really good stuff well it's short man i think it's catchy i think it's different yet non-innovative and still a really easy listen i like the heavy parts i like the softer parts and this dude's vocals 
are just great throughout. Inertia gets an honorable mention for being just a really good track too. I also gave yeah. it a seven, and very obviously, Foxglove is uh, the standout for this one. Fuck yeah, man! I'm glad you enjoyed it as much as I did, and I liked I'm it. looking forward to part two already. That's awesome. Yeah, me too, man. All right, <laughs> I'm gonna clear the runway here because <laughs> next up is Lorna Shore's. New album, Pain Remains. I know you got a lot to say about it, Brandon. Talk to me. I have a lot of things to say about this album, man. So I want to hear them all. <clears throat> so we covered the album rollout for this one. Uh, not the entire rollout, because I, I neglected to throw, I think, at least one single on here. Um, and we covered some of the singles, but Sun Eater was the one that I liked, and I don't think that I liked Into the Earth that much when they had released it as singles. And then as they released Into the Earth, I was like, this sounds the same as everything else they put out. Um, and kind of while preparing for this release, I did listen to a bunch of stuff I used to listen to in high school. So thank you for that, Lorna Shore. Uh, like Cradle of Filth's Midian and their album Cruelty and the Beast, along with Demu Borgir's uh, Death Cult Armageddon and their album Puritanical Euphoric Misanthropia. Um I was kind of ready to write this album, this entire album off as derivative of the style of these styles and records while not really maintaining any artistic integrity, just based on the singles. Um, boy, am I glad that I gave this whole album a shot and kind of really dived in. I actually listened to it like three times in a row, as one needs to kind of do with this much content, because there's like a lot of content here. And it's so fast that if you don't catch it, you'll miss it. So... I actually broke this one down track by track here. So the opening yeah. track of Welcome Back, O Sleeping Dreamer opens up and it's almost comically heavy. Uh, it's kind of like when we covered that Angel Maker record we listened to earlier in the year. That yeah. intro track just made me laugh at how heavy it is. Um, the heaviness is almost like a comment on the state of a scene as a whole. Uh, but it does start off lyrically the concept for this record, which is a dreamer who dabbles in lucid dreaming to cope with some fucked up shit in their life. And this devolves into creating worlds upon worlds to only result in nothingness and meaninglessness in the end that's the cliff's notes version of it read all of the lyrics on this record to kind of get into it uh into the earth is one of my least favorite tracks on this record man and i felt that way when we got it as a single and it's what made me feel the way i did kind of going into the album and i'm kind of sad that they released it as a single because I, I didn't like it um and then we get into sun eater which opens with symphonics and some choral voices and then jumps off into a sea of heaviness uh i still dig this track it's at this point that i realized why everyone has just been goo goo gaga over will ramos the vocalist here he's clearly an insanely versatile vocalist i think he goes overboard sometimes and i think that there's a few sounds that may not need to be made but that's not really i guess my decision to make here right uh, cursed to die opens with more melodies and symphonic elements and then breaks into heaviness i'm starting to see a pattern Anyways, Will's highs on this and drum and the drumming on this track are phenomenal. Um, Soulless Existence is one of those tracks that kind of proved to me that my initial inclinations were wrong. The first time I listened to Soulless Existence, I, I, I just it spoke to me, man. I was worried that we were only going to get these triple bass grooves, and this one kind of slowed it down a bit, which I really like. Uh, we get to a bit more of that. We're, we're going to get to a little bit more of that a little later, but I really like how we got some more traditional additional payments of homage to the records that very clearly influenced this band and this album. 
Apotheosis. Hold on, hold on. on. I don't have a track by track breakdown at all, but Soulless Existence is my standout. And that song is fucking incredible, dude. I'm glad that it stood out to you as well, man. That was the moment on this album where I was like, was I wrong? <laughs> it, right. That the first time I heard Solus Existence, I was like, wait a second. Yeah. Hold no, on. Phenomenal track. <laughs> Anyways, Apotheosis. Continue. Uh Apotheosis is very heavy and fast. Uh, and it made me realize the sound that they go for, which is wall of sound. This is obviously done throughout <laughs> the record, but this track really made me kind of like realize it, right? Uh again, we'll we'll get more on that later. Wrath opens up and we kind of get this fade in riff that's just fucking nasty. Will opens up with some gross vocals as well and really sets the stage for this track. We get a sick breakdown and a sick guitar solo on this one and some of Will's trademarked snorts and stuff on said breakdown, which, you know, I think is a little extra. And then we get to the Pain Remains three song run. Uh, The opening with the rain on part one that extends in the synths is just strikingly beautiful, John. Uh, this part of the story is the kind of slip back into being unsatisfied with this dream life that's been established. And the music very clearly matches this. In my opinion, there's some beautiful moments in the lack of solace that can bring solace in and of itself that really kind of stood out to me as I was reading the lyrics, as the song goes through, um, part two is a clear continuation from, you know, part one to part two. I know you liked that. I knew you liked that transition. Um, This track is about the pain that comes from wanting to escape from this non-reality that's been built. And then part three, and my standout, is fucking gorgeous. Those strings up front are incredible, and the buildup with the drums is just fucking epic. (laughs) That melodic guitar solo in the middle of this track is both out of character and fucking awesome. Uh, The vocal variations on this one are also great. Okay. So that's that's all of the songs, right? Yes. Now let's talk about the things I don't like. I don't like the wall of sound. One of the reasons why Pain Remains 3 is my standout is because they take the time to build and they kind of let the music breathe, right? At least for a little bit. It feels like they wrote too many lyrics for this size of an album. I love the concept <laughs> and it definitely felt cohesive throughout the album, but it feels like the hype around Will Ramos as a vocalist has made it so that he just vocalizes constantly. I wish that they would just let the music breathe and come into its own on basically all of the tracks, yeah. like just make longer tracks, bro. I would yes. have preferred a longer album with more music only breaks. He even screams over every single one of the breakdowns, all of them. I also dislike the entire theory of triple bass pedals. You can be heavy and fast without them. And I I, I wrote this review before I looked it up. Um, I I guess they use a double bass pedal with a drum bass pedal trigger, which is basically the same fucking thing. Google it. Uh, But I guess that's kind of where we're we're heading with Deathcore and kind of have been for for quite some time. Is that what Arkspire uses too? I, I don't think that they do. I think that he's just a beast. I could be wrong. Um, And I remember back when Rings of Saturn was starting to become popular and I didn't like it. And I remember that's kind of why I quit on Deathcore because the entire triple bass thing doesn't make sense to me. Right. Sure. Um, uh, Look, man, this is my old dude yells at cloud moments. Triple and quadruple bass pedals, which they are selling nowadays, are fucking cheating, in my opinion. I also don't like as a... uh, 
longtime metalhead that this is called quote unquote blackened deathcore. There is very little black metal content here besides the vocal stylizations on like parts of it. Right. And the mm-hmm. symphonic parts of their music has more orchestral qualities. And just because Cradle of Filth and Duma Borger did it as black metal bands doesn't make this sound, quote unquote, blackened. Um, I don't know. Did you listen to that homework I sent you? Did you listen to that Death Cult Armageddon? Yes, record? actually, I did. It's yeah. really good, right? Yeah. You can I see kind of why I told for, you. To, yes. <laughs> you can yeah. see why I told you to listen to it, right? I enjoyed that one more than this one. I, 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 asking, I, yes. I know that you had never heard it before, so I, I, needed I, had to make, not. I needed to make sure that you heard that and then kind of used that as homework for this record. Um, I, I, it also kind of felt formulaic, man, because it's basically a symphonic opening, heaviness, chorus, guitar solo, verse, chorus, breakdown. All right. Um, I think I was wrong about this band and this album after they had released Into the Earth, which is clearly the worst song on this record, and everybody can fight me if they don't want to. It's but not that bad of a song. It's not. It's dude, not. Jesus but to me, Christ. to me, it's the worst one on the record because it just doesn't show what they're really good at. And I understand okay, them fair. not really wanting to release Pain Remains 1 through 3 as one single. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get that. Um I, I, I actually really enjoyed this album, man, and I did keep coming back to it. Besides everything that I hated about it, I can't tell you that this musically isn't fucking awesome. Like, from an from a standpoint, just because I didn't like some of these moments doesn't mean that it isn't a good record. So I'm going to give it, musically, an 8 out of 10. My standout is Pain Remains uh, 3, uh, In the Sea of Fire, and uh, my personal taste score might be different, but I needed to just... I, I needed to kind of break it down because... Everybody was hyping this band up, and I liked it. It's not the best deathcore I've ever heard. It's not blackened deathcore, and it's 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 clearly great that Will Ramos has an outlet for this. But it's not it's not anything that um, it, it's it's just a little bit too formulaic. You you know everything that I said. So I've talked a lot. What are your what are your thoughts on this one? Well, huh? That, what was your score again? I gave it an eight. You gave it an eight. So you really went back and forth on this one. Like definitely. Absolutely. Like, that that was the forth. most torn I think I've ever heard you on an album. Uh, that's interesting that you settled on an eight. So I feel like based on what you're saying, you didn't like the wall of sound, but metaphorically you were able to climb over it and get to a place where you were able to just enjoy it for what it is. Right. Correct. So I'm that guy in boot camp that has like no upper body strength. That's just fucking dying on the first hurdle <laughs> with this album. A bit. And in Sol- Solus Existence is that part where like somebody comes and like helps you up and they're like, come on, guy. Like that, that's, that's that part. But I think as a whole, man, like we covered a few of their singles and they were never my thing. Um they're very talented artists, but their specific genre, subgenre of metal just is too much for me. There's some phenomenal instrumentation on this album. Uh, I, I don't need to get into specifics because you, you really talked about all of the same ones I would. But I, I even agree that his vocals are dynamic, but I couldn't agree more that he's just trying way too much to be over every second of this. It's like he printed out the black thought freestyle and is trying to like <laughs> say that amount of lyrics in five minutes. It's not going to work. Um, but even though I was able to appreciate aspects of this album, it, it was one that I, I had a tough time 
like revisiting after the first complete listen. I think after your review, I'm going to give this one another listen because I want to go back and listen for the things that you mentioned. But based on my initial like first two to three listens, it's like an A for effort, but D for how it relates to my personal taste. And that's that's super fair, man. What I what I might recommend is that you have the lyrics in front of you. Uh, that really helped me the first listen through I was it's really again it's really easy to miss right you go through a seven minute track and it's like what the fuck was that I didn't catch any of that because it's it's yeah. all it's all happening all at once yeah, put your nice headphones on put the lyrics in front of you and listen to it one last time and I think you might get a little bit more of what I felt and saw but I think if all of their music was like soulless existence I think I might really like it like a lot more like if everything was slowed down like 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 four beats per minute almost you know like like it's, yeah. it's, it's like just too fast like if everything was just slowed down a little bit this might have been a 10 for me because it is a very very good record but it, it is just too fast and it's it's you, you know what i'm saying yeah yeah no like i said though i'm gonna i'm gonna go back with this one i will do it the way you recommend i'll, I'll look at the lyrics when i listen along do it all right Ooh. man you ready to move on yeah all right, let's move on to this one from Black Lips that you threw on here called Apocalypse Love. Talk to me about this. All right, so this one's weird, man, uh, especially that first track, No Rave. Um, they had their big hit a while back with Bad Kids, which is kind of how I discovered them, and I've been following them on and off for a while. I don't know why I threw this on the playlist. I guess it's just a little different than what we're used to, and <laughs> you know I like that shit. Um, there's so many different genres at play here that, like, weird, like, new wave stuff on No Rave. There's even some, like, goth-inspired stuff on Love Has Won and Lost Angel. Uh, there's even, like, some country stuff that they messed with on their last record, kind of all over the place. There's lots of garage rock. There's some psychedelia, some experimentation throughout. Overall, man, this whole record isn't really anything terribly special, though I did like it. It's not my kind of jam for the whole thing, which is kind of it's just kind of like a mod podge of sounds and genres. It's not very cohesive. And you know what? Fuck yeah, man. That's awesome for them. Good for them. And I will still be paying attention to them in the future, but I think I would have preferred at the very bad, like at the very least, a different song placement, because I think it could have had a better flow. I'm going to give it a five. My standout is Lost Angel because I really liked those kind of goth, weird vibes that they put out on it. What did you think about this album, John? There's a lot of things going on when I listen <laughs> to this album. Uh, some of them I like. Most of them I don't. Uh, there, there's a lot of creativity going on in the occasional moment where they do something I like. But for the most part, this one was a head scratcher for me. But I think if I saw this band playing at like a bar or something, I'd really enjoy them. I just think as an album listening experience, this one wasn't for me. I gave the album a four out of 10, but my standout was the same as yours. It's Lost Angel. I thought that was a really good song. It's a good one. It is. Uh, next up, we got a new album from Trashed called Happy in Hindsight. I don't think we've discussed this band before, have we? We have not. So talk to me about them. Uh, there's not much to talk about, man. I discovered them even this year. I think it might have even been like a month or so ago. And I, I listened to their to their first single, which um, I think they're, they're most popular, which was Waste Away at the time. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to click follow on this. And then they released an album last week. I previewed it and was like, oh, yeah, John's got to hear this. 
So <laughs> I threw it on here, man. And uh, they sound far bigger than they actually are. They have under 10,000 listeners per month, and I just fucking love it, man. I'm getting major early Green Day and self-titled era Good Charlotte vibes from this. Maybe even a little Hell bit yeah. of sugar cult sprinkled on top. <laughs> That's in my fucking note. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> yes, sugar cult. Exactly. You know, there's not terribly much to review other than the fact that they've made some great fucking music here. It's poppy. It's punky. It's catchy. It's well-written. Good job, guys. This fucking rocks. I'll be following everything this band puts out. I'm loving this revival. Yeah, this album is a it's a solid seven, man. I, I didn't For know sure. what to expect when I hit play on this. I'd never heard of this band before, but it didn't take long to make me a fan of these guys. You and I were just talking about how we don't hear enough emo and pop punk bands from the UK. And they fit the bill. And like you said, man, they remind me instantly of Sugar Colt. And not enough bands remind me of Sugar Colt. Right? Um, this is a fantastic debut album. I'm impressed. Uh, I think Decay is my favorite song. You know, I'm an opener guy. Decay is a really good one, man. I actually think that's my standout, too. I didn't write down a standout because, honestly, they're all fucking great. They're all so, really good. Yeah, they're all really Memories good Memories is a good one. Far Away is a good one. Not My Day is a good one. You know, like... <laughs> This is a good one, man. I gave it I gave it a seven and a half is what I wrote down, but none of this okay. none of this shit matters. Trash, you guys did a great fucking job on this one. They're all numbers. So what was your, your album of the week? You gonna go Lorna Shore? I think I'm gonna go Lorna Shore, man. I, I didn't I I came into this thinking that I wasn't gonna like it as much as I did, and guess what, man? I fucking liked it. And I'm uh yeah, I, I really I really enjoyed it. I'm going to go Sleeping With Sirens for a return to form that I really enjoyed. There you go. All right. You want to know what we're going to be talking about next week? Let's talk about it. All right. For for my birthday bonanza, we are going to be talking about <laughs> Arctic Monkeys' new album. Happy the birthday, Car, As well as new albums from Babyface, Carly Rae Jepsen, and Taylor Swift. New EPs from Bayside, Duckworth's long-awaited Chrome Bull EP drops this week. Uh, the Hires, Elvis in Wonderland EP, as well as new singles from Anderson Pack, Lastlings, Kalila, Royksop, The Used, and a whole bunch more. Be sure to tune in next week. That's it. Later, man. That's it. Peace. Peace.